In the world of music, there are quite a few ways that you can find success. Before the internet, your only option was to hit the road, play as many shows as you could, and hope someone somewhere not only heard, but also liked your stuff. Modern television has changed that a bit. But there was one show that started it all. American Idol. I mean, a rocket ship success story to voices like Kelly Clarkson. And Carrie Underwood. American Idol solidified itself as a premier audition to fame. Fast forward 19 seasons later, and not much has changed. American Idol is still giving national attention to otherwise unheard voices across the country. And in early 2021, when he received that golden ticket to Hollywood, Benson Boone became one of those voices. Tell us who you are. My name is Benson Boone. I'm 18 years old, and I'm from Monroe, Washington. Born in the state of Washington in 2002, Benson Boone was born as the only boy in a family of five siblings. Boone was a junior in high school when he realized that his voice complemented his piano playing quite well. What made you want to audition for Idol? I started singing a year ago. A year ago? After only a year of singing, Boone took the leap and quite literal backflip into his audition at American Idol. He received a standing ovation from judges Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan. Katy Perry even said she saw him as the next American Idol. They passed him on to the next round without question, a dream scenario for anyone lucky enough to perform in front of the judges. Shortly after, though, Benson decided to withdraw from the competition. It wasn't a decision that came easy for Benson, but for him, it was the right one. Deciding to follow his own path in music, Benson continued to focus on his TikTok, where he has amassed a staggering 2.3 million followers. He recently signed a record deal and in October released his first official single, Ghost Town. My name is Eric Zachary. This is the Spot Podcast, where famous people spot off about more than they're famous for. And today... That's Benson Boone. First, foremost, Room for Two. When are we seeing this? When are we hearing this? So Room for Two, I'm so excited about it. I, yeah. I really, I really, I really love this one. But um, it's, it's, it should be coming out like the middle of February. We don't okay. have a set date right now because obviously things just... Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, like mid-February is our go-go plan right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a floating date for a release is perfect for someone like you. Cause like you love the art of the tease in the promotion of music. I, I do. It's so fun and it makes people so mad, but like in the best way possible. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not just going to like tease and tease and tease and tease the same song and then not release it. Like if I'm, yeah. if I'm teasing a song a lot, it means I'm going to release it. Yeah, exactly. And you're known, you're known for this via, you know, Ghost Town and, and everything that you've done on TikTok thus far. What's your favorite way to approach teasing music? Are, are you already have ideas in your head before you even have the song or is it based off of each project? That's a great question. And it honestly, like, it, it really changes every time because I'll do a video that just introduces the song. And if it does well, which is kind of the hope, whatever I'm feeling, like whatever makes sense to me. Whatever makes sense to the song or the lyrics, I just kind of go for it. Like, hopefully, the hope is that eventually, like, something will start to kind of, you know, be a snowball and a rolling hill and just build and build and build. And yeah, so it's like, it, there's really, like, not a set way to do it. You just 
post whatever you feel like post. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's no secret that you were one of the, you were literally Katy Perry's pick on American Idol. Uh, but respectfully, you withdrew yourself from the competition, which I know a lot of people probably have questions about that. I don't, because it makes sense to me, right? You you have to do what's best for you, and you probably had a lot of cool opportunities on the table in front of you, or or something didn't feel right. So I completely respect that. I just the only part of the the audition I do want to talk about, besides of course your smooth and melty vocals, I think as it was quoted in one headline. The backflip, man. I mean, you are a full-blown gymnast. This isn't just someone that knows how to do like a party trick. First of all, thank you. Thank you for finally saying something about it. A little a little credit for that backflip. But mm-hmm. um, I've been doing that since I was a kid. My dad, uh, that would be like his party trick at like family barbecues <laughs> or something. Just Your dad's out here just back. doing flips? I know. And my dad's like 49 and he's still backflipping oh like nobody's business. So it's crazy. But I just grew up watching him and obviously like he's my hero. So when I was little, I wanted to try it and I did. And ever since, like, it's just kind of been, I just do it everywhere. Like once you do it once and it, and it goes well, I mean, I'm sure if I landed on my head the first time, that would be a different story, but you know, it went well. So like, I, I, I keep doing them. So I, I haven't messed up yet. Knock on wood, but, um, that will be not the greatest day. You, yeah, we don't want that to happen. I actually talked to uh, Brendan Yuri, lead singer of Panic at the Disco, about this because he's famous for doing a backflip on stage. And I asked him about any close calls. Knock on wood. Have you done this on stage yet? Yes, actually. Um, okay. I was just like like a month and a half ago. I was just in Europe doing a little promo tour. And at the end of it, I uh, popped out a little backflip. You're not just someone that can do a backflip. I, I am not a gymnast, but I recognize a gymnast when I see one you're doing you know round offs back handsprings full on flip like very picture perfect gymnast routines so well, tell me about that history um I I've never done gymnastics I've never like oh my God. I don't know it's just, it just seemed I, you're I, the most annoying know. kind of person that you could just do that <laughs> come on man you can sing and you could just bust out a backflip or just cause you have the ability it just happens and it just feels right. I love it, man. I have a best friend in New York that uh, can also do the same. He has a gymnast background, but he quickly became the person that that's the party trick at the club. Just a word of advice. If and when you decide to start attending clubs on the on the frequent, don't do the backflip in the club. It never ends well. No matter how much you think you got it, <laughs> it won't go well. Back to the music, man. And, and I, I'm sorry to keep coming back to Idol. There was just a lot of little nuggets. You know, I've watched this audition again and again. I saw it when it aired and then obviously preparing for the interview. Luke Bryan quoted, and I want to get this exact. He said, you're still in diapers. You're a toddler when it comes to this world. Now here you are a year and, and, and change after that comment. You know, you are signed on a major label. You've gotten the chance to just explode your fan base and your audience and your listeners. What are you thinking differently with now when when you approach your music as you were just that you know naive kid popping on american idol seeing if it goes well i i mean i've taken a complete 180 turnaround since then like when i when i was on the show i had never tried writing my own music i i had only just done covers and Mm -hmm. that's i mean that's what really like the majority of american idol is is singing someone else's song and so that's what i was used to i was used to like picking a song that I think matches my voice best or that I love. And then I sing it. And yeah, at that point I was totally in diapers. Like I knew literally nothing about the music industry, 
just nothing about what I wanted to be or who I wanted to be or what kind of artist, et cetera. And so since quitting the show, I've taken time to kind of develop who I want to be and what kind of music I write and what my image is publicly and what kind of things I'm into or not into. I have kind of, for the most part, like figured myself out um, for how I want to start. And so now I would say like, I'm just starting my journey. Like now taking off the diaper and I put on my big boy pants because <laughs> now it's- <laughs> keep that analogy going. Yes. So it's like, I guess that's kind of what I needed is, is to, is to figure out, you know, where I wanted this all to go. You said that you're still figuring out what you like and, and what you want to do. And you're probably learning very fast that, as someone whose hobby was music or his hobby was TikTok, and then that becomes your job, you need to develop other hobbies to turn away from when you're not working. It's not to say you love it any yeah. less, but you just need a, a safe space to not have to do that. So what what are you doing when you're not working? I mean, I, I, I just do what I've done my whole life. I go either scootering at the skate park, I go cliff jumping in up in Utah, or I'll just go, like, go rock climbing at a rock climbing gym. Or sometimes I'll just go fly out and see one of my friends. I do. I've been doing that a lot, just keeping my friends close. Um, so, like, <laughs> I wish I could give you like one answer. What like, I do every no, time I have free time. That's but perfect. It, like, I'm not crazy. laughing because of of your answer. I'm laughing at be, at how mundane you make these everyday everyday tasks sound like, Oh, you know, I just might go cliff jumping. If I get a few hours, like no big deal. I might hop on a plane, go to Alaska. My buddy's up in Anchorage. Let's let's see Chad see what's up. <laughs> I, I laughed. It's not from a point of privilege of, you know, man, I get, I got a very cool opportunity to do a lot of the same. You know, I, I fly a lot, not necessarily out of just necessity, but I enjoy traveling. I enjoy being in different places. Uh, yeah. So you're getting the chance to do that more, obviously for work, but also, you know, with having this job and, and working in the career that you do, you have a little more funds to be able to just have the freedom to say, okay, I can't afford this plane ticket. I can hop on a plane right now. Let's go. And it's an amazing opportunity. And I, I don't doubt for a second you understand like how lucky and fortunate that is. With that said, yeah. what are, what are your must haves when you travel? Because I'm sure you're learning very quickly what you need and what you don't need when you're, you're jumping on a plane with a moment's notice. So a toothbrush is always there. Mm -hmm. um, my cologne, it's, nice. it's really, I'm really proud of it because I found it myself and it's so good and it's not like an overwhelming smell, but it's mm -hmm. so good. And then I bring my hammock and a deck of Uno cards and that's like pretty much like my, my foundation. That's so I can't get over how you keep like starting off with a normal answer and then throwing in something like hammock has to come with me when I fly on a plane. I don't know that I have ever met anyone that's like hammock. It's a must. Okay. It's a must. Okay. It saved my butt one time. Um, it was like, actually, it was probably four months ago. Um, it was like right before Ghost Town was out, and we had to change one thing last minute. So I had to go to Nashville, where mm -hmm. you know my my producer was, um, JT, and I went. I flew out to see JT. It was like last minute of last minutes. Like I, I literally had like twenty minutes to get through security to my flight. Got to Nashville, recorded the part. And then, of course, I was flying back on Spirit Airlines, which is just magnificent. And my flight was canceled. And so <laughs> I, had to, I had to get another flight for the next morning at like 6 a.m. But their lounge was under construction, so I could not stay in the airport. And so 
I literally, I had my hammock. So I walked to, I, well, I took an Uber. It was like eight minutes to the nearest park. And I just set up my hammock and slept for like three hours and then went back to the airport and got my flight in the morning. I will never not have my hammock. That's me and my penny board. I started traveling with a little uh, little skateboard probably 10 years ago. And it was definitely like just for amusement and fun at first until that day that there was no way I was at London Heathrow. No, I don't know if you've ever been to the London airport, but you have to walk, I don't know, like 19 miles to get between security and your gate. It's insane. <laughs> I had my skateboard. I would not have made that flight if I didn't have my skateboard. See, there's always like there's always that one story where it's like mm-hmm. you have to have it just in case. Yes, yeah. that is having a penny board. Penny boards I, are sick. I can't wait till you set up your hammock in the airport because you know that's gonna go viral. Like even if you don't intend it to, it's going to. Ah, uh, that that will be a wonderful day. This episode of the Spot Podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. I have been considering meal prep options, cooking options, different ways for me to just you know not eat junk food every day. But also, I enjoy cooking. It just seems like there's not enough time to go shopping. That's where Green Chef came in. It is America's number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. They provide meal options for whatever your lifestyle or diet may include. They have keto and paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free. I personally went with vegetarian uh, because I am not really big into meat, but I do still like the dairy, the cheese, so it's nice to have those separations between vegan and vegetarian. Threw together some meatless tacos, sauteed them up with the vegetables already provided. All of the seasoning came in the kit. It was perfect. And unlike other vegan and vegetarian meals, sometimes this can get a little flavorless. That is not the case here. They are full of plant-based proteins and wholesome sides, but they also taste amazing. So if you're ready to give it a shot right now, go to greenchef.com slash spout130 and use code spout130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash spout130. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Hey y'all, this is Joe Nichols. My new album, Good Day for Living, is out right now. Here's the title track. Living it up, living it right, living each day one day at a time. Ain't making no worry no bigger than it is when it isn't. Yeah, I'm thinking I want to wake up and do it for the love. Blast that bowl while I fill the rest up. Gonna take a sweet sip of whatever lies fixing it's a good day. Brand new song, brand new single, Good Day for Living. Available everywhere. So you said, uh, you know, you popped down to Nashville for the day and it wasn't like something you were expecting to do. Walk me through, and even though I might understand a little bit, just like everyone, kind of the difference between recording in L.A. versus New York versus Nashville. Which one are you songwriting and what are the purposes for the different cities? I think like the majority of things go on in LA with like with writing and producing just mm-hmm. this is where like, everyone is literally yeah everyone wants to be here which is why I don't want to be here all all the producers and the writers or people like trying to get started in producing and writing are in LA so that's kind of where I go generally and most often to just do sessions or record my producer for Ghost Town who is just a phenomenal guy uh, super cool. His name is JT Daly. He lives in Nashville. For Ghost Town, like most of my stuff, I would go out to Nashville to record with him. In New York, I've actually been just been twice now. And both times, one of them was for uh, like the Seth Meyers show. Um, That's cool. And then he got, he got COVID. So I could not do that. 
Yeah. So, but I, I've just been there for like a rehearsal and then the Seth Myers, which, yeah. which was, which was canceled. But yeah. So my New York experiences are very, like, I mean, I have, I have not had very many, so I'm looking forward to more. You mentioned ghost town, the cassette version. What's the difference? I mean, audibly, obviously I can hear the difference, but what is the thinking behind putting out a cassette version versus the original? I like for people to hear just a little bit different sides of Ghost Town. We have the acapella version, I'm sure you know about. And then we have the cassette version, which is more like acoustic, more guitar based. And there's some guitar drumming on there. And it's just like, it's just a different version. And it's just, it, it's really not like if, if you want to hear another version of it, boom, you got two other versions right there just to know like, if you want to hear something different, that's really, that's really it. Yeah. Feel the need yeah. to explain what a cassette is for a lot of people. Yourself might be included. Do you remember having cassettes when you were younger or no? I remember seeing one when I was okay. younger. Uh, <laughs> I might've seen one once. I, I found it one day and I asked my mom what it was. And I was just kind of so confused on like how people used those. Yeah. And so I just put it on my belt and is that that's the cassette right cassette player yeah the player is the yeah it was was yellow i remember it was yellow and i thought it was like i really thought it was like the coolest thing for like two days until i forgot about it and then i never saw it again so i'm not speaking from a point of like being an old man like oh you'll never understand this like i don't i barely remember cassettes dude (laughs) that's why when you you throw out this version like not only is it cool uh take on a, a alternative version but it also you know is reminiscent for people that might not know what that word even means so ghost town is out room for two is coming have you gotten to dip your hand into music production i know you've been learning a lot of different instruments and and still obviously finding your voice and just that has to be a never-ending journey of like oh my god i can do this like i can't wait to throw that on a new song when it comes to the actual digital landscape of audio production have you messed around at all a little bit not not a whole lot which I'm actually starting to because I just finished setting up my home studio. So right now, I basically just know how to like cut vocals and send them to a producer just in case mm-hmm. I need to do something just for my house so I don't have to fly somewhere. That's kind of it. Like, I mean, it's a big world to get into more than sure that I will be in. Like, I will start producing my own stuff here in the next year. And it's also something where like, it'll always be there it'll probably be just a very gradual process of like five to 10 years where then I'll be like, Oh, okay. Are you a person that uh, you like the research behind figuring out like what well, you said you were setting up your home studio? Like, did you research what to buy or are you going off recommendations? That's a great question. I think I'm more of a recommendation person, um, but I would just, I went with like my most trusted producers and I would mm-hmm. like, I would ask them what they like most and also, like, what's in my budget because it's so much money for Dude. producing equipment. And I didn't ask him, like, the best stuff. I asked him the best for starting. Yeah, so it's, like, a very simple setup. Just I, I'm not even going to explain it because I don't even know how to. It's, it's, it's very simple. And I just set it up myself because, again, it does not require a lot of brain power. Yeah. Um, well, let's yeah, get nerdy not, for a second then. Before I let you go, walk me through. What, what is in Benson Boone's starter studio? My starter studio is an SM7 which is a, a microphone, which yep. I'm sure you're using one right with. now. Yep. And then just my MacBook for the computer. Mm-hmm. And I have two Yamaha speakers. Nice. And Good then the Apollo twin, uh, universal audio. Yeah, man. Yep. Universal okay. audio. And you've got some good recommendations. That's not just a starter start. I mean, that's a great place to learn, but that is, 
that will take you a ways for sure. It's, it's great. And it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a crap ton of money. It was just, I mean, yes, it was like, it's expensive, but I, we're not talking into like the tens of thousands of dollars that studios yeah. tend to cost. A little, little setup. Benson Boone, man, I know people will tell this to you all day long in all these interviews, but it's not because it's untrue. You know, it, it, it really radiates the humbleness and the just charisma and excited energy you have for everything you're doing. And I can't compliment you enough on that. It's, it's really exciting to see. Thank you so much, Eric. That really, that really does mean a lot to me. Thank we'll, you. Uh, we'll have to see if you could teach my old ass how to backflip one of these days. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert, it won't happen. So I'll, I'll definitely give you like the discount pack. So right. lessons will be. <laughs> I thought you were going to say free. You're like, no, man, I still got to make money on this. Like, it's still a hustle. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Benson, I'm sure we'll meet in, uh, in person soon. I can't wait. I uh, can't wait to make it out to a show pretty soon, too. But uh, otherwise, man, anything else we need to we need to hit? We need to promote. We know Room for Two is coming soon within the next month. Anything else? You know, that's really all I can say right now because of my schedule changing every minute. So that also might mean that there's more that you're not allowed to talk about. Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? To see more of Eric's conversation with Benson Boone, search Spout Podcast on IG and Twitter or at spoutpodcast.com. Next week, Joe Nichols spouts off. And talk about the soundtrack of your life. I was making a Christmas album. I was probably as depressed as I've ever been in my life. And there's been some good depression in my life. And I remember these Christmas songs, every one of them would make me just start bawling like a baby. I couldn't get through a song and I'd stop, take a break, you know, go take a drink or something somewhere. But I, I would come back in and, and have to hold it together to sing happy Christmas song. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media and created by Phil Becker. Spout.